guys, it's Brant, and I'm back with another Kiss the Panel Has Spoken video. And today we're going to be covering Sonic Boom. Do it for me, Chris. How Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. I can't do boom. it. I don't. I don't do a good Paul. Boom. Unless I'm <laughs> unless I'm in my yard yelling like an old Jewish grandma, and then I sound like Paul. You can say, um, I hear some of you like vodka and orange juice. Orange juice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we love you, Paul. If you ever watch one of my videos, I know I give you shit, but I love you. I got to cut shit out because I said it within the first two minutes. I gave you beep, Paul. I give you beep, but as you know, I love you. Um, yeah, YouTube don't like you cussing within the first two minutes of a video. Um, so we're doing Sonic Boom, and we've got with the panel... We had 65 on the panel. We have four of us right here. Myself, the Matthew Smith from Matthew Smith, MD Smith Comics on Instagram. We have a panel member down here in the lower right-hand corner, first time on the show, Justin Churchy Hanson III, correct? That's what you go by on Instagram? Um, Justin Churchy Hanson underscore 17 because I had to change my account due to it being hacked last week. Yeah, yeah. So so now he's Justin Churchy Hanson underscore 17 on Instagram. And on YouTube as well. YouTube as well. Yeah, Justin Churchy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's Justin Churchy on YouTube. Okay. I make other videos besides Kiss. Like I make Elvis videos, some Doors videos, just whatever I like. I just make videos about mainly Kiss and Elvis because those are my two favorites. That's cool because it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually, before Elvis passed away, when I was a kid... Uh, I was 8 and 77 when Elvis passed away. And um, I was a huge Elvis fan. I cried when Elvis died. And I went from being an Elvis fan to being a Kiss fan just because of a happenstance purchase that my grandmother made in a drugstore. She bought me Destroyer. And she's like, oh, this looks like you would like it. And and that's, that's the origin. That's my origin story right there. Um, yeah. And uh, below me, we have Kimchi Chris below. And so uh, we're here to talk about Sonic Boom. Boom. Uh, this is the only copy of Sonic Boom I have. I do not have it on album, uh, on vinyl at all. I don't. But the funny thing is, I was actually working at Walmart part-time when this album came out. And um, I picked this CD up. They had stacks and stacks and stacks of the CD. We didn't have the whole aisle like you were supposed to we had like a section of an aisle um but it was supposed to be this big thing and we ended up not doing that and from what i understand most walmarts ended up not doing it i remember i initially didn't like this album too much and we'll get into those reasons why as we talk about the songs and talk about the album so uh let's start with matthew tell us a little bit about your sonic boom experience you know i when it came out I, I didn't hear it. I didn't buy it or anything, honestly, because um, I had a lot of people who like Kiss tell me, uh, it's not that good, you know, don't even bother. So I kind of like, I wasn't too impressed with Psycho Circus. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> but um, Psycho Circus eventually grew on me, you know. <laughs> Psycho Circus grew on me, though. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I was like, well, if it's anything like Psycho Circus, and, you know, I, I won't go into a lot of, about the whole eric and tommy thing but i was at the time i was like i would have thought it would have been a lot better if they just gave them their own makeup you know gave them their own look you know that would have been cooler i thought so i just kind of ignored it but honestly so the first time i heard this album in full was about two or three years ago really um 
my fiance and I were at a used CD store uh, in Tennessee that we go to when we visit up there. It's huge. And they had it. They had this CD in there for like five bucks. I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and get it. Might as well, you know, add it to the collection. And after I listened to it, I was like, well, this is actually not that bad. You know, I mean, to me, it sounds like a. I hear a mix of 70s Kiss, 80s Kiss, and a little bit of Revenge Era Kiss all in this album. Um, you know, it's, and we'll, I'll go into detail about that with, with the songs or whatever, but it's, I guess I went into it expecting to hate it, and I came out of it thinking, huh, oh, it's, it's decent, you know? So that's pretty much where I'm at with that. All right, Justin, what about you? Okay, so I have a long story, but I'm going to shorten it. So this album was like my first studio album I ever gotten at six years old, but I got it when it was pretty new for Christmas that year. But before that, I had been about a, I've been a casual fan for about three years, and my father introduced me to them when I was three years old back in 2006 with this CD here, the Millennium Collection. And then one day I was getting, I went and visited with him, and he had this. He had the normal CD, this album itself, but he said, I don't know if you're going to like this one that much. He pulled it out, and he put in the Kiss Classics, and he skipped it to Eyes Made for Loving You, because that's my all-time favorite Kiss song. And that version there is my favorite version because it changed my life forever. And I became an instant fanatic after that. So this album is very nostalgic for me just for that reason, because it made me become the huge fanatic that I am today. Awesome. And I do also own it on vinyl here. It's one of the newer bootleg ones that came out six months ago. But the record looks like the authentic one, one of the authentic ones. It's on purple vinyl. And I've heard that a lot of these these ones sound really bad, like the original that came out on Kiss Online on KissOnline.com. When I play this one here, it sounds pretty good. Okay. Because so, I don't have an original to compare it to. This is the only vinyl copy I own, but sounds pretty good okay. considering what I've heard about the quality of the sound on the original. All right. So, um, Chris, what about you with Sonic Boom? Yeah, I remember being very excited about this one, not to sound like a broken record from the last panel, but, you know, it had been quite a while since we had heard anything new from Kiss. I've always been a fan of the Tommy and Eric lineup, uh, you know, throwing out the makeup designs and things, regardless, the talented guys. And, you know, I was excited about this, all of the hype building up to it, saying, you know, it's going to be old school Kiss and there's no ballads and we're recording it on old equipment and we're using this or doing this or doing that. I was I was pretty excited about it. And I kind of looked at everything we have gotten at this point as kind of like borrowed time since it was all supposed to end several years before that. So, I, you know, I figured New Kiss, even at its worst, was still New Kiss. And, you know, again, not to give too much away, but I enjoy this record. I think it's kind of a middle-of-the-road Kiss record. It's not the greatest ever, but far from the worst. I, I think it's a pretty cool record. So we're going to go ahead and get into the panel members. Of course, you have the four of us. Um, from YouTube, we have Emily Graziano, Future Squash 767, Trevor Bullock, Toy Bonnie, Sublime 130, Jay Rucker, Luis Maladano, Stephen Goodman, Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, Les Wadley, Hulspa Metal, Wam SB, Super Kiss 1200, Michael Vasquez, Buck Wheat, Raven FM, Brian Foster, Jay Reed, Raw Barber, Daniel Bars, Mikael D, Jeremy Kamona, Hit Space 1980, Rocker, Rocker L 0270, 
Real Squirtle Cat, Rick R, Hard Rock Reverie, Robbie Stars, Joel Pegg, Mick C. Horror and Pop Culture, Jesse Ray, John O, Mike Westfall, Guard TJ75, Jay Lee, Kissin' Time, Gregory Pegg. From Twitter, we have Sam Loomis. And Sam Loomis on his Twitter feed, if you're Twitter, uh, go to my uh Go to my post for this and look for Sam Loomis's post. Um, he told a really cool story, and uh, it's too long to really recap here, but go check that out. He told a really cool story. Uh, Jeff Wyatt, Darren Halliwell, Vincent Marillon mm-hmm. author, Tom Dust, David King, Kiss Man, Mark Weir, Tony Rod, Aladio, and Bill Sharp. From Facebook, we have Destroy Your Dave, Walter Chajesson, Paul Bertolino, Wesley Jones, Matt Yucci. Terry Very Holloway, Michael Wayne, and from Instagram, Mick WB5, Wild Ride, Doyle Eric Roche, Drew Tan 16, AJ Zertro 1975, Tony P, and it's all for you, Demon. So, that is all of us. That is 65 of us in total, and we're going to talk about Sonic Boom. There's 11 tracks, and we're going to count them down, starting with track 11, and we'll go in this order. We'll go from Matthew to Justin to Chris back to me. Uh, so with that, what is our predictions? What is your prediction for number eleven? Uh, number eleven prediction: When lightning strikes. So I forgot to mention this before, but there I love pretty much every song on this album. There is a couple that I don't like, but the one I did predict is for number eleven is Danger Us. I predicted I'm an animal. Okay. I predicted Stand. So that's funny. All four different predictions. Um, for number <laughs> eleven, with two hundred and seventy-nine points, the panel chose "Hot and Cold." One panelist, Terry Very Holloway, picked it as their number one track. I picked it as my number seven. Um, it's uh, "Hot and Cold" for me is is not a bad song. Uh, I really like the first part of this album, and the second side of this album is very much hit and miss for me. Hot and Cold is one of those songs that um, it's it almost has. It's one of those songs that has that kind of love gun rock and roll over style sound to it, and a lot of Gene's on, our songs on this album sounds that way. I think Gene really wanted to go back. He wanted to go back to the seventies. He wanted to go back to be 70s Gene, pretty much. And he did it on a lot of his songs, with a couple exceptions. Uh, but Hot and Cold is good to me. Um, it's it's a it's a good song. It's it's not the most memorable song on the album, uh, but it's got some good hooks to it, and I like it. So it's number seven for me. Where does it stand um, for you guys? Yeah, it was number seven for me as well. Um, definitely has a very 70s-ish sound. To me, it sounds very similar to uh, Love Them, Leave Them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the, the music is very similar. But yeah, same same thoughts that you had. It's kind of a middle-of-the-road track for me, so number seven. I put it at number nine. Uh, I don't think any of the songs are bad, but it's just kind of where I put it, just because it's one of the ones I'm not as fond of as the rest of the album. And when it on the vinyl, when you play it, after stand ends, that's the end of the side one. You flip it over and then you drop the needle and hot and cold comes on. Yeah, pretty much like what you said too. Middle of the road song for me. I do hear Love Them and Leave Them now that you mentioned it. 
But yeah, I, I put it at number nine. I put it the highest of anyone on here. I put it at a number four because I think it's a pretty great song. Uh, it definitely is one of those throwback songs. This sounds, like you said, said like I said, it's this Gene, mid-70s, be it Rock and Roll Over or Love Gun. I really think this would fit on Love Gun. You know, the lyrics, just like a lot of this record, are a little bit forgettable in all honesty. You know, it's just kind of typical, like, rock and roll, you know, let's get a girl and sing about it kind of lyrics. But, you know, that's what we want out of Kiss. We don't want them uh, trying to be, you know, the Radiohead or Pink Floyd or something like that. So I think it works really well. And uh, this is one that I think they, you know, would have... It would have worked well in a live setting, but they they didn't do that. They didn't play much from this record live, but uh, I think it's a cool song, so I ranked it at number four. Awesome. Well, I like how we've started out on this. That's really cool. Um, So what is predictions for number 10? Uh, Number 10, I said uh, Russian Roulette. Number 10, I put When Lightning Strikes. I also, for number 10, put When Lightning Strikes. I was hoping we'd get four different answers again. <laughs> I put at number 10, Never Enough. Um, at 295 points, for number 10, the panel chose Danger Us. Two panelists, <laughs> Dole Eric Roush and a host, picked this as their number one song. I'll let them talk about that when they get to it. Me, I picked Danger Us as my 10th favorite song. It's almost near the bottom. And um, this song is a little hard for me to listen to just because of the chorus. The whole Danger Us (laughs) thing is just a little too cheesy for me. Um, And... But I actually like the, the music to this and I like the verse to it um i even like the first part of the chorus the two parts trouble double down tough i like when gene gene and paul sing a lot together on this album which i love i love when they share songs and vocals in songs and um gene is very prevalent in the background mix of the vocals he's very prevalent and i just love this is another one of those songs that has that very old school sound that that just that very old riff um late 70s again rock and roll over this sounds more like rock and roll over to me i think we're going to be kind of like you said uh matthew is it is it is it rock and roll over is it love gun or is it revenge <laughs> it's going to yeah. be kind of jumping around between those three albums to see if somebody throws in a third a fourth album uh kind of bring this bring in a curveball um, yeah, very much rock and roll over to me, but I just can't get past the danger you, danger me, danger us. I can't, I can't get past that. It, it loses, as the kids say, I, I don't know if they still say it, Justin, you being the youngest one, but it loses a lot of cool points. Uh, yes. <laughs> it loses a lot of cool points uh, <laughs> with the danger you, danger me, danger us thing to me. But it's, but it's still a good song, except for that one part. If Paul could have just come up with another title and just come up with another line, this song would have probably gone up two, three slots, maybe, for me. So what about you guys, Matthew? Uh, I put this as number six. This is a mid-road song for me as well, but and I agree. It, to me, it sounds very 80s-ish. It's, it's, oh. it, is, it is very cheesy. I, I kind of hear 
you know, Crazy Nights era, like when Paul was kind of like heading up the band. This sounds like something very cheesy that he would have put on that, you know. How about Danger Us, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I like it, and when I when I listen to it, I go I go in that frame of mind. Like if this was an eight, I could hear this as an '80s Kiss song, and that's that's what I, I'm thinking. So I'm like, yeah, it's cheesy. It sounds corny, but it's fun, you know. So number six for me. So eighties. So you're talking? Are you talking Crazy Nights eighties or Hot in the Shade eighties? Oh, uh, I would say like Crazy Nights eighties. Crazy yeah, Nights eighties. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, a little bit Hot in the Shade. Somewhere in between there. Maybe this is a, a, a leftover between the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin. <laughs> All right. So I am the host who put this at number one. Now, to be honest, I just recently started to really like that, put this song at number one, probably in this, about August of 2017. Now, my song that I put for number two was always my favorite until then. So from like December of 2009, all the way until about August of 2017, the song I have at number two was always my number one. And the part that you don't like about like Danger Me, Danger You, Danger Us, that's actually what kind of made me start to like it more. And I do remember, like, as a little kid, when I first got the Sonic Boom CD, as I was discovering it more, I'd look at it, and i see Dangerous, I always think of the song Danger from Preachers of the Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because of the danger part in it. Okay. I didn't hear this album in its full entirety either until about five or six years ago. I don't know why, but I'd always listen to Modern Day, The Lila, and Russian Roulette up until sometime in 2014. Now, I may have heard it, at some point in its entirety, and I just don't recall it, but I'm pretty sure to, late 2014 was the first time I heard it in its entirety, beginning to end. Alright, what about you, Chris? Cool. Uh, I put this one at number nine, so it is a little bit lower for me, kind of for the same reason that that that, that chorus is the best, you know, the best asset and the biggest thing it has against it, basically, because, yeah, it's super cheesy, and I kind of like that, but I also don't. I think that he could have came up with something a little bit better. Uh, it does have a very 80s feel to it, and, you know, it's it's okay. It's not bad, but I did rank it a little bit lower because it just didn't really... It didn't really stick with me and you know kind of like i've talked about in some of these other songs uh doing it live for this one not that i really care that they didn't play it live but i would have loved the like paul rap beforehand because i could have just seen him on stage saying people sometimes you get into danger but you're not in danger right now because you're at the kiss show so go buy a shirt out at the merch stand all right people don't be in danger with the law wear your kiss shirt in public this song's called danger us BJ, you know, be like danger that. with us Danger us. <laughs> yeah. It got a good intro rap, but other than yeah. that, it's it's okay. It's just it's not it's not at the top of my list. <laughs> All right, so number nine predictions. Uh number nine I predicted uh yes I know. All right, for number nine I picked All for the Glory, or I predicted, I should say. I also predicted All for the Glory for number nine. Must have been cheating off of each other's math homework. Ooh, and I picked off for the glory on number yeah, nine. Basically. <laughs> I picked off for the glory. We don't have a don't have high opinions of uh, what Eric's gonna and where he's gonna end up. <laughs> uh, at breaking into the three hundreds at three hundred and sixteen points, the panel chose for number nine when lightning strikes. 
Two panelists, Trevor Bullock and Vincent Marone, author, picked When Lightning Strikes as their uh, number one song. I picked Lightning When Lightning Strikes as eighth for me. Um, there's, I, there's so much I like about this song, and there's so much I dislike about this song. It's a total ace spaceman ripoff, and and you know I know he's got the ace makeup on, but he doesn't have to play ace songs. He doesn't have to have ace riffs. He doesn't have to have ace solos. But but now having said all that, I actually like this song. Uh, I love the chorus. I actually like the chorus better than I do the um, the verse because to me. Even in the verse, he's trying to sing like Ace. Like, where I'm alive like a hurricane flies. I mean, he's kind of put, putting his, like, stretching his words out like Ace does and singing like he's kind of drunk. Um, and you know, it's, <laughs> But now whenever he get, I like the little pre-chorus, the little turnaround, the dun -dun 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 -dun, the, the little thing that they put under it. Um but then when it does that, dun, 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 when lightning strikes, when it, I love the chorus. I'll sing along to the chorus of this song. Um, and, and the riff in the beginning of it, it sounds, I said in my review uh, of this album, it sounds like that song by that band, I always forget their name, but it's, uh, there's never been any reason for you to think about Save my life, I'm going down for the last time. The riff at the beginning of this sounds like that to me. And so I hear that song in my head when, I, when I'm listening to this, but it doesn't detract from it. And so I enjoy it, but, um, you know, just those, those dings against it pushes it down to eight for me. So what about you guys? Well, uh, you were looking at my paper there because I wrote Never Been Any Reason by Head East <laughs> because that's exactly what I hear. When I hear this song starting, I hear that song, you know. So, yeah, if you guys don't aren't familiar with it, go listen. I mean, the just like Brent was saying, the, the opening of this song sounds exactly like the music in that song. Um, but, yeah, I put this as number 11, honestly. It's just it's it was it seemed to me like they were just trying too hard to make an ace song it was like predictable like kind of like oh it's got to be an ace song so like oh how about something about lightning since there's a lightning bolt across his chest sometimes you know it's just you know it's going to be if they're going to give him an ace song it's going to be something about lightning or space or you know something kind of trippy sounding it just I, I don't know how else to explain it, except it was just trying way too hard to to fit what they thought an ace song should be when i think they could have just given tommy something more suited for him you know it just didn't do it for me 11 okay so i put it at number eight as well now i do like this song a lot pretty much six seven and eight could interchange with each other but i just put it at number eight i really do like the chorus too when it, it sounds like it's i think it's paul and tommy and possibly gene singing along with him that part's pretty cool but i will admit i do prefer out of this world from monster a little more over when lightning strikes but Lightning Strikes is still a pretty good song. So I put it at number eight. Okay. Uh, I put this one at number five. I actually put it the highest of anyone. And, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, they're trying to make an ace song. But, you know, here's the thing. Gene and Paul 
the rest of the guys, they know how to make a good Ace song. That That is fair. And I think Tommy's a good singer. Funny enough, because he's trying to sing like Ace, I think he's actually kind of downplaying his vocal abilities a little bit here. Uh, because I love Ace. His vocal styling is very unique, but we all know he's not the greatest singer in the world. Uh, but with that being said, this song is so cool. It has that cool groove with, uh, you know, just the, the drum beat. I really like the drum beat. Everyone's kind of talked about the guitars and the, you know, the vocals, but I really like the drum beat actually on this one. Yeah, the lyrics are a little silly, just like a lot of songs on this record, but uh, I, I think it's a very strong song if you kind of just throw the prerequisite, this is supposed to be an A song kind of out the door there. So that brings us up to number eight. Um, I predicted hot and cold. I predicted never enough. And number eight, I predicted danger us. All right, number eight, I predicted, yes, I know, nobody's perfect. At 336 points, the panel chose for number eight, Russian Roulette. Um, nobody picked Russian Roulette as their favorite song. I picked Russian Roulette as my third favorite song. Um, this is... Uh, I'm. This is my third favorite Gene song on the album. Uh, I love Russian Roulette. I know. I'm just looking at the the looking at people's panels. I mean, Rus Russian Roulette caught a bunch of shit from from people. It was in a lot of lower lower part of people's lists. And I don't understand what people's beef with Russian Roulette is. I don't understand it because I actually think it's a very decent song. It's very memorable to me and it's one of those songs where gene um sounds like he's trying uh and so i i enjoy russian roulette uh by gene so um and and gene he has gene basically um except with the exception of one song on this album gene basically becomes 70s gene with a combination of 80s gene where his songs are about you know sex sex fuck me suck me type type what we call type gene songs and uh, i'm okay with that you know it they he was a little more subtle about it in the 70s uh he was very open about it in the 80s and i loved it because i was a teenage kid and that's what i wanted to hear in the 80s um he he kind of dances back and forward uh on this album with that so um and he displays a lot of confidence in his songs which we know gene has a lot of confidence and a, a lot of ego a lot of charisma and so um, this is, I actually enjoy the Gene that is on this album a little more than I enjoy the Paul that is on this album. And we've not said it, we've not talked about the elephant in the room yet, that Gene's voice still sounds great on this album, where Paul's not so much. Um, mm. Paul's is actually starting to sound very strained on this album and on a couple songs that I'm, when we get to them, I'll be sure to point it out. He does some things that he might not should have done uh, and put down forever eternally on vinyl. Um, so, but we'll talk about that. But Russian Roulette for me is number three. Uh, it was number 10 for me. Um, I, I feel like the opening of the, of the song is very misleading. It starts off making you think it's going to be a little heavier than it is. But, you know, not that I really hate the song or anything, but I feel like this was maybe it to me. It feels like this is a leftover track from when he was doing his his asshole solo record. I feel like this track could definitely have been on that on that record. It just has that vibe to it. And to me, that that whole solo album was 
very hit or miss, you know, it was, it was kind of all over the place, but you know, that's how Gene is with his stuff. He's all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it wasn't that I really didn't, I hated the song or anything. There's just others I like more. And then I felt like this is more, this is more suited for his, you know, non-makeup solo stuff, even though he hasn't done a whole lot of that. So number 10. Okay. No, I put Russian roulette at number two. Now, had we done this four, five, six, seven years ago, I would have actually had Russian Roulette at number one. But Dangerous ended up overpowering it a little bit. But I really do love this song. I remember loving the song a lot when I was like six, seven years old when I first got the CD. And my the part I like about it the most is the beginning where it says, some ladies love me, some ladies don't. But I know what you're going to do even when you say you won't. I always thought as a little kid that that was really cool. And like, like the way he sang it and with the bass and Eric's drums and all that, that was a pretty cool song. And yes, I did read the lyrics from the lyric book, but that was in the CD. <laughs> yeah, I put it at number two. I put it at number seven. Uh, I think it's kind of a middle of the road song for me. I don't think it's bad at all, but it's just kind of a typical Gene song. I think people hating it is kind of uncalled for, but uh, it's just, it's, it's not my favorite. But if someone says it was their favorite, I'm not going to hate on them for it, but it's just... It's kind of a typical rocker from Gene. It, it's cool, but it's, uh, you know, just kind of middle of the road. Okay. All right, so that brings us up to number seven. Uh, I predicted all for the glory. I put Russian Roulette. Uh, for number seven, I predicted Hot and Cold. Okay, for number seven, I predicted Russian Roulette. Um, at 341 points, the panel chose for number seven, Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect. Um, five panelists, Paul Bertolino, Luis Maladano, Stephen Goodman, Super Kiss 1200, and myself picked Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect as their favorite song. Um, this has forever and always been my favorite song off this album, and it probably always will be. This is my most favorite Gene song off this album. Um, and um, it's funny because the top three songs on my top three songs on this album are Gene songs. Um, but I love Yes, I Know Nobody's Perfect. Uh, it it has a rockabilly feel to it. Um, it has more of that Gene confidence and I love the little stutter, and I love no, 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 nobody's perfect. Mama, maybe I come awfully close. I love the the stuttering there. Um, I love the maybe you should start to take off your clothes. I, mean, I love Gene in this. This is the Gene that I love. If I can't have the demon Gene, give me this Gene. Um, uh, and even the and even the demon Gene, I can only take in in uh in limited doses. Uh, I, I honestly. I prefer this kind of gene. Uh, I love the fits like a glove type gene and, uh, you know, songs like this. These these kind of remind me of the music is very rock and roll overish, but the lyrical content is very much uh, lick it up, uh, you know, asylum type gene. Uh, and uh, so I just, I love it. I love Nobody's Perfect. Um, it's that confident gene that I love. Uh, I, I agree with you. This is number nine for me, but basically my, my five through nine spots are kind of interchangeable. You know, I, I mean, I do like this song. Uh, I, I totally see what you're saying because I put that I felt that it was a mix of 70s and 80s. It's like the music sounds 70s, the, 
the lyrics are kind of eighties. And I was thinking along the same lines, you like, this is asylum era gene. Totally. Uh, it, it's just, it is a good song, you know, it's just a kind of a middle of the road one and it just falls at the lower portion of that when I was ranking. So number nine, still a good song though. So I put it at number 11. Now I do like the song, but I think it was funny like what Ralph Vieira did in his review for the song when he was talking about the song, he says, trying to write a song like rock and roll over. Now I actually do prefer this album to rock and roll over, but I totally do hear rock and roll over you know, influences on this whole album and in the song. But yeah, I'm just, I don't know. The song just didn't do as much for me. I've listened to this album many and many a times in the last 10 years. And this just was the one that really never grasped me as much as the other songs did. And there's a couple others that were like that too. But for the most part, this album was great. But this song, I don't know. It just never really grasped to me, but I still do like it. So for that reason, I just put it at number 11 my least favorite okay i put this one pretty high we're going from bottom to the top i put it at number two i agree with you brent that this is just a ridiculously good song second favorite one on the record yeah it has those rock and roll over vibes but that's that's why i love this song honestly it it has that feel this should have been one that had uh they attempt at least attempted in the live set uh, it has just that, lyrically speaking, yeah, it's kind of silly like some of the other ones, but that's what we want from Gene Simmons. We want Gene walking into the room full of himself saying, yeah, I'm not the best-looking guy here, and I'm aware of that, but I'm going home with the best-looking girl tonight because that's that's the Gene we love. We either want Gene spitting up blood and breathing fire or getting every girl he can get, and this is that Gene, I agree, 100%. I think it's such a cool song. This is one of those that if they told you this was kind of a holdover from something from the 70s. You just, you wouldn't be surprised. You'd go, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Kind of like uh, when Van Halen did that a couple years back uh, and did, you know, used a bunch of unused demos. This one would have made perfect sense if they had told you that. And as a result, I think it works very, very well because I put it right there at the top. Uh, it's almost my favorite. And, you know, on any given day, it might actually be my favorite, but we had to, we had to pick places on this because it's a ranking show, of course. So uh, I think, I think it's wonderful. I think it's great. <laughs> All right, so that brings us up to number six. Um, I predicted Danger Us for six. I predicted Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect. <laughs> I predicted Russian Roulette. I predicted Hot and Cold. So four different predictions. And number six with 376 points, the panel chose for number six, All for the Glory. Four panelists, Matt Yucci, Kiss and Time, Mikael D, Sublime 130, picked All for the Glory as their number uh, one song. I picked this at number 11 for me. Um, I've never, this is a skip song. I can, This is the only song on the album that I skip. I actually listen to When Lightning Strikes, and I know a lot of people don't like that uh, song. Um, and I know that I always thought that, that, um, the two songs between Eric and Tommy would be two of the lower songs that would get picked um, by the panelists. And it really honestly surprised me to see Off of the Glory as high as it is at number six because I can't even make this past the intro. Um, I, Me personally, and I'm going to be unpopular opinion here, I'm not the biggest fan of Eric Singer's voice. I don't really like to hear Eric Singer sing anything. I only like to listen to him. I only like to listen to him play drums. 
and I don't like to listen to him play drums on albums like this or Monster. I like to listen to him play drums on Revenge and on Carnival of Souls. The Revenge and Carnival of Souls, Eric Singer is a totally different drummer than the drummer on uh, Sonic Boom and Monster. You know, unpopular yeah. opinion or not, whether you agree with me or not, that's what I think. Um, and so I'm not a big fan of this song at all. It's actually the only song on the album that I don't like, and it gets skipped 99.99% of the time. So, um, I put it as number three. <laughs> um, I, I do agree with what you're saying, though, as far as Eric's drumming. Eric's drumming is way different on, you know, Revenge and Carnival Souls versus, you know, you know, uh, Sonic Boom and Monster. Um, but I, I I do like his his singing voice, and I feel like, you know, I know they were they were trying to give him the Peter song, but I don't feel like this really is a, a Peter song. This doesn't feel like a Peter song to me. It feels like okay, maybe they gave Eric something that's at least a little bit different than what would stereotypically be. It has a classic Kiss feel to it, but it's it's refreshing because it's got Eric's voice in it rather than you know a Pauler or or Gene voice, you know, going through it, and I. I will say this though, Tommy's guitar work here sounds the most like Aces. I mean, the the guitar you could tell he's definitely trying to mimic it the most. I feel like on this song as opposed to any of the others. Um, but I, I like it. I mean, I feel like it's a good track. So it was number three for me. Okay, right. So I put it at number ten, but I do still like the song. It's just one of those that didn't do it as much for me, and I figured that this song was going to end up being at number nine just because of the whole Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer and the Peter Chris and Ace Frehley makeup. So I figured just for that, it was going to be very hated. But I do like the song, but Hot and Cold, All for the Glory, Yes, I Know Nobody's Perfect were the three songs that really didn't do too, too much for me. But I still do listen to them and I don't skip them. But yeah, I just put it at number 10. I put it at number six, so I put it the highest of anybody here. <laughs> well, and, I put it three. Oh, yeah, you said three. I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm paying right. attention, but I'm not, apparently. I'm looking at my list and trying to remember who did what. I don't know. I'm just used to saying, to defending to the guy, I guess. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. You know, you separate the, guy, the art from the artist. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I think it's a cool song, uh, definitely. I mean, I put it up there a little bit higher. I think it's unique to hear Eric. Uh, you know, I completely get what you're saying, Brant, on, uh, you, you know, just not wanting to really hear him sing. However, at this point, if you really listen to those backing vocals and those harmonies when they play live, he's probably the best singer in the band from a technical standpoint. But um, that aside, uh, this is a cool song. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Always I'm surprised almost that uh, nobody brought up that, uh, you know, it's called All for the Glory. And then obviously uh, Peter's solo record, One for All, they put out not too much before that. It's a very similar title. So sounds like they were really going for that peter vibe on that and i think it's a cool rocker uh, one funny little story related to this a couple years back at the indianapolis kiss expo when they did kind of the all-star jam where eric was kind of playing drums for everybody and you had bruce and bob and ace and just all kinds of people coming up there and playing and uh, at times they were saying what do you guys want us to hear and of course they're doing mostly kiss songs and mostly a little bit more deeper cut and obscure stuff and somebody shouted this out, and they got a little bit of a chant going with it. And Eric literally just kind of got up from the drum set and just yelled at the crowd, no one on stage knows this song. And that was just the end of it, you know, because it was like Ace and 
Bruce Kulik and all that up there. And, and Bruce kind of looked at him kind of like, I think I could pull it off. But uh, no one else seemed to even come close to knowing the song. But I, I think it's cool. It's, it's a unique song in the Kiss canon, if nothing else. All right, so that brings us to the top five. So what's predictions for number five? Uh, number five, I predicted I'm an animal. <clears throat> for number five, I put hot and cold. Uh, for number five, I predicted stand. Okay. I predicted when lightning strikes for number five. I don't know why I predicted it up that high now that I look at it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so at 392, stand in the 300s, but getting towards the top, um, 392 points at number five. The panel chose stand as number five. Three panelists, Drew Tan, 16, David King, and a host picked stand as their number one song. I picked stand for me as five, um, but it it's just because there's four songs above it that I liked more. Stand could be a number two for me. I love Stand. Stand was another one of those songs. It really surprised me to see it up that high when I was done calculating because this song got a lot got a lot of hate too. This was a lot of uh in a lot of uh people's ten and eleven position, but when people did like it, they liked it a lot. They were putting it up in their top two or three, their top, you know, top two or three to the they were putting it up in their top two or three spots. Um, I love Stand. Stand is not a typical Kiss song to me, and uh, I, it's it has a positive message, and I like every once in a while when Kiss throws a song out there that has a positive message. Um, and uh, Gene and Gene and Paul singing together is always a plus. I love when they sing together, and I love that whenever Gene sings, he has some of his Gene characteristical things that he does his yes that he does and stuff so um and paul actually sounds really good on this one he's not trying to over sing and you got some really good background vocals there from tommy and from eric um especially when they break into that part after the solo where they do that stand by my side we'll get by that sounds really good too um it's got a really good this is probably one of my more memorable Tommy solos. He sounds really good on this one. I can remember this one in my head. I always talk about how Aces solos are so memorable that you can sing them. Um, this is one of those that, and Bruce had some solos like that too. This is one of those that I can actually hear the solo, how it goes in my head, just sitting here thinking about it. So yeah, Stand for me is, um, it's uh, number five. Uh, number one for me. I, I love this song. It's great. You know, I know Kiss will always try to do, you know, their their anthem songs, and I feel like they were trying that with this one, and this one works, whereas a lot of them don't, you know. Um, you can sing along with this one. I can definitely see them doing this one live and it, you know, getting people, you know, motivated and pumped. I mean, it's it, like you said, the positivity of it is really good and refreshing. Paul and Gene both sound good, so I agree. I mean, it's, it's a great track to me, so number one. Okay. So I put it at number five i really do like this song a lot now like when i hear the song i can just in my head i can vision that scene from kiss meets a fam of the park when they're doing shout it out loud i can see paul singing like singing to it like one of those youtube music videos like i can see somebody dubbing stand over that shout it out loud scene from kiss meets a fam of the park which is my all-time favorite movie by the way 
but yeah really good song i do like when gene and paul trade vocals i think that's also why i think of like shout out loud and stuff like that because they trade out vocals so yeah number five for me really good song I hate to be the party pooper on this one. <laughs> you guys love it so much. I feel bad, but I put it at number 10, second from the bottom. Uh, I don't think it's the worst song by any means that Kiss has ever put out. And I actually like that breakdown, the kind of mellow part that uh, Brent brought up there earlier. It sounds a lot like a kind of like Bob Ezrin production at that point, which is really cool. That being said, I think it's kind of contrived. I think they were going for that kind of epic, kind of positive sing-along thing, kind of like God Gave Rock and Roll to You, but it just, it didn't do it for me. Uh, the performances are all pretty good on it. It just, it didn't click with me. You know, it's still a good song. It just, it's just not my jam. Well, see, this is the curse when you're constantly voting higher than us on songs. You're going to have <laughs> the swing back to that where you're going to have, oh, yeah. you're going to be lower than us. All right, so that brings us up to number four. Uh, I predicted Never Enough. I predicted Stand. I predicted a Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect. And I predicted Dangerous. At number four, breaking into the 400s. At number four, the panel chose I'm an Animal. Um, four... Panelists, Mick C, Rocker L, O270, Future Squash 767, and That Toy Bonnie Guy picked I'm an Animal as their number one song. Um, this is my number two song. This is my second favorite Gene song on the album. I freaking love I'm an Animal. It's the demon. It's as closest to the demon as we're going to get on this album. Um, and so uh, I love it. Uh, I love the way it starts. I love just the in, the intro to this. You got to freaking turn it up if you're whatever you're. If you can get your hands to the knob, you need to turn it up. Um, but then when he starts singing, he's he's singing more in the vo vocal stylings of like he does on Russian Roulette or on Yes I Know Nobody's Perfect. He's not seeming singing in an animalistic demon voice until he gets to. Uh, the chorus and I love that how there's that repeated I'm alive I'm alive in the streets in the streets I like how they do the echoing um, you know it's got a it's got a great breakdown for the solo it changes it goes into that goes in and then they do that double time or half time thing on it um but yeah, and the scream at the end. I love the scream at the end. I, whenever I get a Gene scream like that, I really, really love it. So yeah, I'm an animal to me is it's the second my second favorite song on the album. Yeah, number five for me. <clears throat> I, I like this song a lot. I put um, I put it was Demon Light because <laughs> uh, you know just like you said, he's got he's got his uh, regular singing voice that he has on the others, but then he goes into the demon voice after that so it's you know he's got a mix of both but so i can hear when i hear this i hear a little bit of 80s gene in it you know as far as like what he would do demon wise in the 80s but i hear a little bit of like revenge era type mm -hmm. stuff too you know so it, it's really good great track perfect for gene on this album number five All right i put it at number four i do really like this song a lot i like the part like with the echo I was like, i'm alive i'm alive in the street in the street with paul helping them and I'm an animal, and I'm free. Like, I like that. That's pretty cool. 
and of course like the music and gene sounds really good so i put this song at number four okay all right i'm the party pooper again this is the one that i'm I telling put you i'm telling you man last. I'm telling you, you're going to here at the end, all of yours, you're going to be lower than the rest of us. <laughs> I put this one dead last at 11. Uh, you know, this is one of the very few on here. I'm surprised it's up so high. I predicted it would be last. I think that was just like my uh, malice towards the song kind of coming out there because I just don't think this is a good song. I think this is the most contrived song on the record because it is Gene trying to make God of Thunder, trying to make War Machine, trying to make something like that. But I think it comes off as an old rich guy trying to write a song like that. And guess what? It is an old rich guy trying to write a song like that. <laughs> it, it doesn't come off menacing to me. It comes off like a Sesame Street version of God of Thunder or something like that. And, I mean, the riff is okay if I have to find a positive in it, but the 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 lyrics, I just think they're juvenile. They're, I, I brought them up here just to kind of look at them again, and these these rhyme schemes are just... They're not great. I mean, the, the lyrics on this record in general... Are, are, you know, not the strongest of the Kiss catalog. But, I mean, he rhymed beat with feet. And that's just, that's, I'm sorry. Like, people talk about Ace writing silly songs to make them rhyme, but that's just right up there with the Ace uh, silly rhyming songs. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. It, it breaks my heart that you guys love it so much. And I just, I can't stand it. I don't know why they did this one live either. It was plotting and people just didn't seem to care and i was kind of right there with them i'm sorry <laughs> well see you said sesame street now i want someone to uh dub a video of animal from you know the you know i would like the song more probably with a video like that that would be pretty great <laughs> that would yeah that'd be amazing i should have worn my animal t-shirt and then i could have been like i'm an animal <laughs> well, I've got a lot of time right now. Maybe I'll look into that for you guys. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So that brings us up to the number to the top three, and that brings us to number three. Um, I predicted say yeah. I predicted I'm an animal. I predicted never enough. Okay. I predicted I'm an animal. At four hundred and sixteen points. For number three, the panel chose Never Enough. Four panelists, Tom Dust, John O., Jay Reed, and a host picked this as their number one song. I picked it as my number four, and I don't give a shit if it sounds like Poison or not. I don't <laughs> care. Um, it's a good song. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody's like, oh, they ripped off nothing but a good time. I, to me, I think they took... Nothing but a good time, and they made a better song. Uh, no slight against Poison. I think Poison's a great band. I'm going to be covering about at least two of their albums in my 80s um, panel videos. Um, maybe th maybe three. I might I might throw in Flesh and Blood. Um, but I love Never Enough. Uh, this is a Paul to me probably sounds the best on this song. Um, than he does on any of the other songs except for maybe Stand. Mm -hmm. And and it's a party song. This is a this could have been on Crazy Nights. It is a eighties party song and uh and I love it because I grew up in the eighties. So when I'm driving my little mini my little mini Cooper back and forward to work um in the fifteen minutes it takes me to get there 
every time this song came on, luckily it was near the beginning of the album, and every time it came on, the window went down and the volume went up, and I was I was fifteen, I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old again, and I love I love the fact. Well, a lot of people hate about this song. I love it. I love the fact that it takes me back to a time that I grew up in, and it kind of just takes you back, and you leave reality and all this crap we've got going on right now for a little bit, and it's and that's what a good song does in my opinion. So I don't care if it sounds like another song. Um, I love it. It is number four for me. I I agree. It's number four for me as well. I call this never enough of a good time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the reason that I do like it is because it does sound like, like a poison song. It does sound like it belongs in the mid late eighties. And just like it takes you back, it takes me back too. I mean, yeah, I was only like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old then, but I like music like this and, and it was like, party music and it was fun you know and so this is a fun song for all the reasons that you said i totally agree number four all the way all right i put the song at number seven now i still do really like this song a lot and i've heard about that how it sounds like poison nothing but a good time and i meant to listen to it this week like compare them but i didn't end up doing it but maybe after this i'll have to compare it but i'm i myself is really not a huge poison fan but i will have to listen to it but I do really like this song a lot, even though I do put it kind of lower-ish. I still really do like this song. And just because I put it one through eight are all really great songs. But I just kind of put them where I had them, just because like that's where I had them when I did the list. But yeah, Never Enough is still a really good song. So yeah, I put it at number seven. Okay. I put it at number one. I'm the one that put it at number one because uh, I, yeah, I love this song. And just like you guys said, yeah, it's a little bit of a poison knockoff. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't seek some legal action. But uh, that being said, it's such a good song. This is one of the ones It's funny that you brought up uh, the car ride listening to it because I remember when I got this CD and put it in the CD player immediately, of course, you know, because we all had to go down to Walmart and pick it up. And I remember going to multiple Walmarts because I was trying to get all the merch. Remember how they were supposed to have the Kiss store, but it didn't really happen. But uh, nonetheless, when I got this, I put it in. And, you know, Modern Day Delilah was great. Russian Roulette was great. But when this came on, I was just, I was ready. This was the kiss that I wanted. It has such a good opening lyric. And I know I was talking about I'm an animal being stupid lyrically. And this opening lyric is kind of stupid, but in the best way possible. It's just the ready, set, go, light the fire below. Like, you can't get better for a positive Paul Stanley lyrics. That's just kind of like a mission statement right there. It's saying, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're here to do. We're here to party. Uh, this is one that I do think... You know, you guys have brought up earlier that some of the Tommy solos are not the most memorable. And notice I haven't talked about the guitar solos a lot, but I think the guitar solo on this one is phenomenal. I think all the guys are just playing on, you know, they're just the highest octane possibility that they can play with. You know, I don't know. It's such a good song. It's such a party song. Uh, Nothing But a Good Time is one of the best Poison songs. So, you know, why not rewrite it with uh, with Paul Stanley? You know, Poison and Paul Stanley kind of goes together. And, you know, it's, it's one of those two where... It's interesting that it even happened because obviously they were aware of this song because if you even look back, uh, I think it was the I uh, I Won't Forget You video with all the live footage, Paul is seen on stage playing with Poison at one of their early shows. Uh, you can go back and find that. It's a really quick clip, but it's in there. 
So Paul was aware of this song, and I'm sure everyone else in the band was aware of uh, Nothing But A Good Time. But, you know, they said, you know, this one's good enough. They, they knew it was a good Paul song, and they said, you know, let's just let's just throw it out there. It's going to be fine. It's uh, the new version of it for uh, for the current times when this came out, and it's it's a it's a great song. It is fire. I love this song. And Poison did a cover of Kiss for, I think it was the Less Than Zero soundtrack back in the 80s as well. Yeah, um, they did Rock and Roll All Night. Yeah, yeah. So they're big Kiss fans. So oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. that... Maybe that's why I was like, eh, you know, we love these guys. We're not going to do anything. Yeah, they should, it should have Brett sing on it, maybe, you know, oh, something that like that. Great. That'd be cool. That would have <laughs> been freaking awesome. I that would have that. been awesome. That's a missed opportunity right there. If you're going to write a song that sounds like Poison, you might as well give Brett a verse. Or, you know, and then Paul yeah. trade vocals. Yeah, that would have been yes, great. I just about to say that. Brett and Paul do a duet. Yeah. Yeah. Per- perfect, yeah. Oh, and that's that's one last thing I want to bring up real quick before I end my piece here because we've kind of talked about Paul's vocals and there's obviously some rasp uh, on this record. The last line when he shouts out that last never enough, and there's rasp there, okay? It's not technically speaking perfect, but I think it's so sincere and it's so great. I mean, it's just like he says, this is me vocally in the studio at that point, to be fair, but I love that rasp in the last line. It just it sends goosebumps up my arms just every time. Yeah. So that brings us up to the number two song. And if you've been playing along, and you always do, um, you know which two we have left. And after this one, you'll know which one is the number one. So what is predictions for number two? Um, I predicted Stan for number two. I predicted Say Yeah for number two. I predicted Say Yeah as well. I predicted Say Yeah as number two also. Um, with 558 points, so from number three was at 416, number two is 558, jumped up over 100 points. Um, 558 points the panel chose for number two, Say Yeah. 19 panelists, AJ Zetro, Tony P, It's All For You Demon, Wesley Jones, Mick W, 85 Wild Ride, Walter Thesson, Kiss Man, Mark Weir, Tony Rod, Jeff Wyatt, Real Squirtle Cat, Rick R, Robbie Stars, Holspa Metal, Wam SB, Michael Vasquez, Buck Wheat, Brian Foster, and Jay Rucker picked Say Yeah as their number one song. Say Yeah for me is nine. Um, I'm just not a fan of this song. Um, I've never gotten the hype about this song. I know that the people that love this song freaking love this song. And I know Kiss loves this song enough to still be doing it in concert to this day. To me, this would be, to, to quote the words of uh, Rick from It's All For You Demon, this would be bathroom break song for me because I've just never been a Say Yeah fan. It doesn't, this is another one of those, they put it last on the album, so... They, I guess they wanted it to be an anthem-type song, and it just doesn't work for me, um, and it never has. I've never been a fan of it. A lot of times, since this is the last song on the album, when this one starts, I usually take the CD out because, um, you know, that's the only way I can listen to it because you can't stream it or any other thing unless you watch it on YouTube. Um, but, uh, yeah, I usually take the CD out or I go on to the next full album i'm going to listen to on youtube so it's just uh it just doesn't really do anything for me so it's number nine yeah it's it's number eight for me um i'm i'm in the same boat there it, it's a mid-range song like i said between five and nine they're all interchangeable but 
this one's going to be kind of at the bottom. It it doesn't do much for me. I, it, you know, as far as performing live, I think there's several other songs on this album that could be done in in place of that song if they wanted something newer that I think would be much better. It just, I, I mean, you know, I I don't totally hate it, but I don't love it at all. It's just there. You know, I can take it or leave it. You know, number eight. All right, I put it at number six. I really, really like this song a lot, as probably a lot of the people do. And when I did it on the end of the road last year, I remember being pretty excited because this is one of my top 10 favorite albums. And this is one of the really good songs on here. And I remember when Paul's going, having people say, say, yeah. And then the, uh, the crowd would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was doing it along with the crowd. And he'd go, say, yeah. And then everybody would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'd start. I have a, a video on my phone from that show that I saw last year. And I just, you can hear me saying, go say, yeah, 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 with everybody else. And then, you know, it's a pretty good song. So, yeah, I put it at number six. Okay. I, uh, I put it at, what was it? Number eight. Yeah, I put it at number eight. So I'm kind of on the same boat as, uh, as you guys, uh, at least the first two of you guys. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's kind of a middle of the road song as well. Uh, you, uh, again, a lot of this has been say already, but you can tell it's really, really wanted to have an anthem with this song but it just didn't really translate that well into an anthem you know status that being said speaking of kind of to the end of the road comment just then uh, i remember the first time i saw them play this live it was on the a live 35 tour was what they were doing right around this time they weren't calling it the sonic boom tour just yet it was the alive 35 tours so they're doing all the alive stuff again and i remember i saw that tour twice i saw it in birmingham alabama as well as nashville tennessee saw the Birmingham show first and then there was like Atlanta in the middle and then Nashville. Well, between those dates, they added in say, yeah, to the set. So it wasn't there at the first show and it was there at the second. And I remember seeing them in Nashville at the second and I was just so excited. I was like, are they going to play it? Are they going to play it? They played it in Atlanta. Are they going to play it here? And it was refreshing to hear it in the set because it was a new song. That being said, now after seeing it at all these end of the road shows and seeing it on the Motley Crue tour and Def Leppard and everything, it's kind of always been in the set. It feels like, it's kind of lost that, and I think there is some fatigue. And, uh, yeah, I think they really, really wanted an anthem out of this one. But uh, I think the song uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah by P-Lender Z is actually better, which is a much sillier song because they're this, like, crazy Japanese punk rock, uh, uh, like, superhero group. You should look them up. They're really crazy. Uh, but they have a song called Yeah, Yeah, Yeah that I think is a lot better, actually. So uh, that being said, it's it's fine. It's, it's whatever. All right, so that brings us to number one. So what's the... Uh, what was the predictions for number one? Uh, modern day Delilah. Modern day Delilah. Modern day Delilah. Yeah, MDD mine way too. Um, <laughs> with 578 points, beating Say Yeah out by 20 points, the panel chose modern day Delilah. 21 panelists, Emily Graziano, Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, Les Wadley, Raven FM, Raw Barber, Daniel Bars, Jeremy Kimona, Hit Space 1980, Hard Rock Reverie, Joel Pegg, Jesse Ray, Mike Westfall, Guard TJ75, Jay Lee, Gregory Pegg, Sam Loomis, Darren Helliwell, Aladio, Bill Sharp, Destroyer Dave, and Michael Wayne picked Modern Day Delilah as their number one song. I picked Modern Day Delilah for me um, as my um, number six. And... Um, this song is one of those songs, again, I don't understand all the hype um, on this song. It's got a great riff, um, but 
it kind of turns um it turns cold for me at the very beginning just before pauline starts singing the riff i remember the very first time i heard this and literally i'm going to show you my reaction it starts and it that got that nice rock and roll over sounding kind of riff that and it's playing and then paul goes yeah yeah and i'm like oh no oh no it's gonna be one of those paul songs and you know just one of those where paul you know you can just see him dancing yeah yeah while he's you know and 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 then and then you hear the strain in the very beginning at the across the room and i was like who paul but this is one of those songs where paul there's a couple places in this song you should not have done there's a you you guys know what parts i'm talking about there's a couple parts in this song he should not done the scream at the very end he shouldn't have done and uh something about coming out of the solo where he does that, and and his, oh, it's just like, oh God, man, why, why? You know your voice. One, you can't do this anymore, and two, why would you want to put a song? Why would you want to do this in a song where you may potentially it may become a hit, and you may you're writing it to be a hit because it was the first release, I believe, and 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 you may have to reproduce it night after night after night. And if you not choose to use uh, recorded aid to do it, you got to do it yourself, um, you know, or or just or not faithfully reproduce it and do something different. So I just have a lot of beef with this song, which is basically what pushes it down so low to number six. But there's a lot I still like about it. Um, so it it's got a really cool bridge. It's got really cool pre-courses. The solo's okay, um, but there's a lot of parts. You know, when this is sitting there and it's getting done, I'm just sitting there waiting for the opening of Russian Roulette. I'm waiting for it to get done and to get the da 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 I'm ready for that to come in because that's so fun to play on drums. So, um, but yeah, um, uh, I said a lot to say to talk about a song I don't really like. So it's number six for me. Uh, it was number two for me. I I like it a lot. It. It reminded me of like Revenge Era, honestly, to me. Um, maybe even a little bit of Carnival of Souls because the thing you're saying about Paul's vocals, I kind of hear when I say Carnival of Souls, I kind of hear that in it, kind of like you know the 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 grunge kind of sound, like he's you know kind of making his voice kind of sound a little gravelly, raspy or something. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe I maybe I'm hoping that's what it is. I think you're hoping. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think but, he's making uh, I, anything sound that way. Right. I think it's sounding that way on its own. <laughs> yeah, I do like this song a lot. It's really good. I would have been interested to hear someone else do the vocals on it, though. Honestly, I, I would have been interested to hear like Gene maybe do the vocals on this one to see yeah, how this he would this done. seems like it feels like more of a Gene song to me. It, it really does, and like I think it would have been even. I like the song a lot, but I feel like it would have been even better if Gene was doing it because it just. The the music lends itself, I think, more to Gene's vocal. Modern day, Delilah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still a great track, though. So number two. All right. So I put it at number three. I remember it was the the first time I heard the song. It was actually the day after Christmas in two thousand nine. My father, I think, was bringing me to my grandmother's house, and I just just gotten the CD the day before. And, you know, I would always really only knew the Kiss Classic CD there, the bonus disc. And I said to him, 
I want to listen to the actual Sonic Boom CD on the way. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. So he popped it in. I heard Modern Day Delight. I thought it was a great song. But I really do like this song a lot. And I can totally tell it was meant to be a hit. It was the single of the album. It was the first release. And they also put it at the end credits there for uh, the Scooby-Doo and Kiss movie that was done about five years ago, which I like that inclusion. Yeah, this is number three for me. Pretty good song. I should say they're a really good song. I put it at number three as well. I think it's a great song, honestly. My top three on this record could all be number one. I think the riff is just so tasty. Love that riff. Uh, the solo from Tommy is great on this one. This is one where he shines through. And, you know, despite some of those vocal shortcomings, Paul is definitely another star on this song. And, you know, lyrically speaking, again, the this lyric I brought up here, the I know the way you made the others break, but loving me would be your first mistake. I love that because that's such a vocal trope that Paul is always tackling. He likes to go after these women that are like kind of unobtainable, he feels, because they broke so many men and they destroyed so many people. But Paul wants the challenge. Paul needs the challenge because he's a star child. He can handle any woman that comes his way. He's, you know, he's Paul Stanley, the star child. And he, he tackles that a lot through the years. He always wants to, you know, get, you know, get with these women that are just a challenge. And he kind of tackles that here. And I think it's interesting, too, that the song title is Modern Day Delilah because it's interesting for a couple of reasons. It's almost like Paul is very literally trying to say, yeah, Kiss is a vibrant modern band here. We have modern day in our title. But he's also kind of throwing in the name Delilah, which is one you don't hear a whole lot, because I think at this point in Paul's life, he, he kind of considered himself a little bit more highbrow than even the average Kiss fan to a degree with all of his art and everything else. So he was like, yeah, people, let's use a song title. Let's use a name like Delilah. Nobody knows how to spell that that's in our fan base. This will be great. And, uh, you know, so I think he was kind of trolling his own fan base a little bit with that title. Uh, but as a result, I think it's a really good title. It's a really good song. It has really good lyrics, great riff. Everything is just, it's it's great. I think it's a wonderful song, and I think it... It was a good choice for the first single. It really just showed you that Kiss was back and, uh, you know, you need, you need to pay attention, people. <laughs> pay attention, people. All right. So let's count these down. Again, let's recap. Number 11, Hot and Cold. Number 10, Danger Us. Number 9, When Lightning Strikes. Number 8, Russian Roulette. Number 7, Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect. Number 6, All for the Glory. Number 5, Stand. Number 4, I'm an Animal. Number three, never enough. Number two, say yeah. And number one, modern day Delilah. So that's it for this panel. Uh, the next one that we will be doing will be for Kiss's Monster album. So by the time you see this video, that post will be up for you to be able to vote on. So um, any closing thoughts, guys, on Sonic Boom? I have a couple uh, things. Say yeah, go, too. go ahead. All right. So uh, this video really made me relive out my childhood. You can really see if you this shirt here that I'm wearing, the solo album shirt from 1991. I had the shirt as a little kid, like when I was seven years old. My father had given it to me. His because his was too, he got too big for it. And I remember I just wore that thing out. Like the armpits was down, like ripped down to here. The back was destroyed, and I ended up using it as a pillowcase for many months. And and that ended up getting lost in a move along with some kiss potato heads that I had and a poster of Sonic Boom that I had and other things along with that. But I was able just to get this about a month ago, so I had to wear it because I know I'd be reliving my 
younger years, my childhood. So I had to wear this for this panel. And I do, I like both Monster and Sonic Boom, but I love Sonic Boom. And Monster is, yeah, it's okay. I do like it, but parts of it did fall flat. But I still do like the album. I do own it on vinyl. And I remember I got it at Target not too long after it was released. And I have that Walmart exclusive magazine with the CD in it too. I bought that shortly after the album's released. I think around after Christmas or something like that in 2012. Okay. All right, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just think, you know, um, it, that I gave the album, you know, a chance. And I, and I enjoyed it a lot. And I think basically everybody has their homework now because they have to go listen to Nothing But A Good Time by Poison and <laughs> Never Been Any Reason by Head East. So, you know, go go check those out and you'll, you'll hear you'll hear Kiss in those songs, definitely. <laughs> Chris, you got anything? I mean, you know, just to reiterate, I think it's a solid record, you know, not their absolute best, but far from their worst. I think it's a very healthy middle ground. And, uh, you know, if people listened with their eyes a little bit less, I think they would find a lot to enjoy here. Or, you know, maybe uh, they're enjoying it just enough to where their opinion is. But uh, I think it's good. And I mean, I am at the end of the day, I'm glad this and Monster came out just to have a recorded representation of this version of the band since, you know, this version of the band, love them or hate them, they've been going on for a while at this point. So uh, I think this was a, a good thing to throw out there and kind of something that uh, is kind of essential to have happen. Yeah, it's a good summer album. You know, here it's, uh, where I live, it's finally starting to warm up and I've listened to this out on the patio on my uh, Bluetooth speaker. Um, and uh, it, it fits It fits warm weather. Um, it's a good drinking beer. Um, I was drinking some beers the other night, counting up uh, video, counting up and listening to it while I was doing it. And uh, yeah, it fits in. I mean, it's not a horrible record. To me, it's not the worst record they've ever made. Um, contrary to popular opinion, uh, Sonic Boom and Monster, with a lot of the old school people, they just discount it just because it's not the original. It's not the original Kiss or the the replacement members Kiss, and uh, they 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 count it off uh, because of their um, because of the makeup uh, on. And even though I'm not a big supporter of that. It is what it is, and so I try not to. Whenever I look, whenever I listen to this album, I try to look at this part, and rather than looking at that part, I look at this. And I was like, you know, if this, if this is what it is, and you don't have to see the faces, um, you know, it's actually not a bad album. And to be self-produced by Paul Stanley, co-produced with Greg Collins, um, it's actually not too bad. Uh, it's not the worst album that they've it's not definitely not the worst album they've done so that's all we got for this one guys be sure to check out md smith comics on instagram uh be sure to also check out justin's page pages on youtube and on instagram and be sure to check out kimchi chris on social media twitter instagram and subscribe to him on youtube subscribe to justin on youtube as well and if you haven't subscribed already Give a subscription, give a thumbs up, thumbs up, and subscriptions help. And that's all we got for this one. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for watching. Thanks to these guys here. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right. Cool. Thanks, guys. I really, totally appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I yeah. made through that whole thing without my video working. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen you guys at all this entire time. 
Oh, you've not you've yeah. not seen us the whole time. You've only seen yourself. Oh wow. Yeah, I was, and the thing is, it wasn't initially showing me. I had to bring myself.